Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The following program is brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio. Begin to be poured out upon all men. <laughs> this is that spoken by the prophet Joel. This is that spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, I pour out my spirit, saith the Lord. Pastor Bob, the Tell It Like It Is radio show this Sunday, March 6th, 2022. This is a live radio broadcast coming from the studios of KDIX AM radio station in Dickinson, North Dakota. We are a radio, we uh, are live on an AM radio station here, uh, 
really a great station and uh, been fun to be a part of this here and these helpful people that have worked with us over the years to make this broadcast a success. Thank you so much to the staff and ownership of KDIX Radio. We are also picked up online on kdix.net or Holy Ghost Radio Channel 2. And also later on, if Pastor Bob ever gets around to it, we we have podcasts. And what I mean by that is I have had several people complaining lately because I'm not uploading the podcast the way I'm supposed to. And uh, there's like 197 of them, I think. And we've got some more that we could upload, but I just haven't done it. And so I don't have a good excuse for that. <laughs> that, but I, you know what? I can't do it tonight because I don't have my passcode to the Dropbox that I use. Well, anyway, so that's my excuse. Let's see. A bunch of people listening. Uh, the uh, prize of the earliest texter is Brother Jones from the Minneapolis area. He texted me about an hour ago. I think he wanted the prize of the earliest texter. We have Brother Griffith. Brother Jones is listening. I think he's in Minneapolis. He's an evangelist. He might be traveling around. I'm not sure where he's at tonight. Brother Griffith is listening in Great Falls, Montana. We have the Lunas down in Washington, or Wapaton listening. We've got Sister Brett's up in Kilder. Yvonne and Marin listening down in, in the Great Bowman area. Uh, we have, uh, we've got uh, the Willis, Willis's listening here in Dickinson. Tim listening in North Carolina. Let's see, here's somebody new listening. We've got somebody listening um, from from Iowa, Dubuque, Iowa. Nice to have Crystal listening tonight, and uh, appreciate your kind words there. You can text me tonight, 701-290-7862, 701-290-7862. You can ask questions. You can help me. You can um, text me scriptures if you but write them out for me. Don't just give me the scripture reference because the show's too fast moving for me to look it up in my Bible. So I've got to have it written. And uh, hey, Brother Johnson, finally got to meet Brother Johnson. He said we met once before. Brother Johnson is a faithful listener from Gilbert, Arizona. Or well, he actually doesn't live in Gilbert, but we we got to go to church with him Wednesday night. My wife and I were in Arizona for the week at a family gathering, and we had a great time. And and then we got to go to church there in Gilbert, and uh, that's the church brother Wilson and his wife and daughter were at. So even though we might have met a long time ago, I don't remember, but now I know that I would recognize him again. And uh, glad to to uh, have made your acquaintance, acquaintance, and what a, what a wonderful um, person. He's a Barnabas. He's always encouraging people. I saw him doing the same thing with his pastor, his pastor's wife, and I'm like, he just encourages everybody he's around. We've got a brother, Lopez, listening in Edinburgh, Texas. Uh, Casey and uh, Jackson are listening in Southart tonight. So keep those texts coming in, 701-290-7862. You could also email me, robertsimons58 at gmail.com. Again, you're listening to the Tell It Like It Is show. I brought my guitar in the studio. I'm going to do some practicing on my guitar tonight, singing, because... I got good news. We're going to get to go back to our jail ministry. Now, we've already been going back to the women's prison, but our county jail that we've had services in for, I mean, many, many years, like, you know, 15, 20 years, something like that, uh, because they they shut us out because they were afraid of COVID. And uh, now we I just got the word that we're going to get to start up sometime in March here. So 
I'm excited. That's something that I've done for just about all of my ministry is preaching prisons and jails and youth prisons, and I, I just really like it. And I bring my guitar in there, and we sing songs, and I teach the guys some songs. We sing some of the same songs over and over again because not everybody in the jail is there that long, but I want them to learn some of these songs, which they do. So um, the um, excited about the jail ministry. Tonight I am going to talk about something I didn't talk about in church today. We had a great service, by the way. We had a lot of new visitors again. I mean, a lot of new visitors. We had a church meal, and some of them, many of them stayed for that, which I was glad for. And just uh, we had a baby dedication, which brought a lot of visitors to church, plus just a lot of other visitors there. I was excited to see God's doing a great work in our, our local church here in Dickinson, North Dakota. We've got room to grow. We've got a church building that'll seat about 500 people, and we're not... Certainly not full yet, but uh, we're working on it. And uh, once we fill that one up, we've got some new churches started. By I'm just stalling around here. I need to get to my topic, but we've got a church in Bowman, and we've got some people listening from Bowman tonight, and they have church Wednesday nights. They have church Sunday mornings. We have a church in Beach, which only now has services Tuesday nights, but they're frantically working to get their building finished. They're getting, they just put on quite a bit of the paint, and so that is getting close the uh, church and beach. And they'll, at that point, they'll be having Sunday services, and we won't see them on Sundays anymore, which will be sad, but that's just the way it works. And then when our building gets too full, we'll start a church in, in Kildare. We'll start a church in New England. Who knows, just all the way around the southwest North Dakota area. Let me get to my topic. Matthew nine eleven through 13. It says, And when the Pharisees saw it, They said unto his disciples, Why eateth your master with publicans and sinners? But when Jesus heard that, he said unto them, They that be whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. But go ye and learn what that meaneth. I will have mercy and not sacrifice, for I am come to call the righteous, not, I have not come, I, for I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. I want to focus in on when Jesus said, they that be whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. I want you to look at the word being made whole tonight. And I want you to think about the fact that you're not whole if you've got some pieces missing. Brother Jones, you're listening tonight. I think you preached at our church one time. I think you brought a puzzle to church, if I remember right, with one of the pieces missing. And so maybe maybe that's where I got this idea. I uh, My mind is just a... Um, it just a uh, a big, <laughs> uh, you know, bunch of mixture of just everything that people have put into me. Um, when I even think I have an original idea, I bet I don't. <laughs> There's probably nothing new under the sun. But missing pieces, missing a piece. Have you ever been frustrated when you come to the completion of a puzzle to find that there are one or two pieces missing? You know, my dad, who had funny ways of saying things, used to call the North Dakota State Hospital in Jamestown, he called it the puzzle factory, because there were people there trying to get the pieces together, people that were missing pieces. My dad had had a really odd sense of humor, I think, but but what I really remember about my dad is some of the things he would say over and over and over again. That's why I'm starting to say things over and over and over again, so people remember me. You know, Jesus... What did Jesus mean by the word whole? 
He said that they that are whole need not a physician. When we look at Mark chapter 10 and 21, the story of Jesus meeting the rich young ruler, who was such a good man, and um, he asked Jesus a question, What? and I'm going to sing a song at the end of the broadcast about this, but he asked Jesus a question, what, what do I need to do to have eternal life? And Jesus he said, I've kept the, com- he, Jesus told him, keep the commandments. He said, I've kept those commandments ever since I've been a boy. And Jesus beholding, beholding him in Mark ten twenty one, he loved him. And he said unto him, one thing thou lackest. There was a piece in this rich man's puzzle that was missing. Now, there are a lot of things I can talk about with that opening statement. And I'm going to try to talk about several of them, but I do not want to neglect the fact that I need to talk to you about making sure that you have all the pieces of salvation, first of all. Being right with God, making sure that you have obeyed the gospel and not missing any pieces out of the plan of salvation is so important. You know, Peter, when it was on the day of Pentecost, which was the birthday of the Christian church, Peter was preaching about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And they interrupted his preaching with a question in Acts chapter 2 and verse 37, and they said, Men and brethren, what must we do? What do we need to do? And Peter concisely told them exactly what they needed to do with the gospel message of Jesus dying for their sins, Jesus being sacrificed on a cross to take our place, to take advantage of that, he said, Peter said in Acts 2 and verse 38, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. This is the plan of salvation. I didn't make this up. The United Pentecostal Church didn't make this up. The Worldwide Pentecostal Fellowship didn't make this up. This wasn't. This is not something that that can be taken credit uh, by any organization. This is what the plan of salvation is. And so tonight, when people say, "Well, I just don't think that I need to be baptized in the name of Jesus to be saved," baptized in water. Here again, folks, I didn't make these rules. I didn't come up with this idea. This is what the Bible says. And you'll find it repeated again in Acts chapter 8. You'll find it repeated again in Acts chapter 10. You'll find it repeated again in Acts chapter 19. This is what they told people to do to be saved. And you don't want to miss any of the pieces. Repentance, of course, faith is not mentioned here, but we know that it's faith that starts us out with our walk with God But we need to repent of our sins, uh, confess them, ask forgiveness, turn away from them. That's what repentance means. We need to be baptized in water. The word baptism means to be immersed, like dunked under the water. I live in a city where there are four Catholic churches, and I know know my Catholic friends out there that are listening, I know that, that you have not been baptized by immersion. That's not the way you do it. But that's the way they did it in the Bible. That's what the very word baptism means, to immerse, to dunk under the water. And then it says, in the name of Jesus Christ, 
And people say, well, what about Matthew twenty-eight nineteen, Pastor Bob, where Jesus said, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Why did the apostles not listen to Jesus in Matthew twenty-eight nineteen? Well, they did, because Father and Son and Holy Ghost are not names. It says, baptize them in the name, singular, and so it's looking for a name there. Jesus said, I came in my Father's name. The word Jesus means Jehovah has become my Savior. And so when Peter, he understood exactly, Matthew was standing right next to him when Peter uh, was preaching, and he said, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Here again, I didn't make this up, but if you want to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, if you see the urgency of it, um, you can you can come to our church Wednesday. I'll baptize you in Jesus' name. I was thinking tonight on this radio show. I don't know why I was thinking this, but I was I was over at the church thinking about the radio broadcast tonight. I thought maybe somebody's going to text me tonight. Somebody's trying to call into the studio right now, and I can't take it. But who knows? Somebody might text me tonight seven zero one two nine zero seven eight six two and say, you know what? Would you baptize me in the name of Jesus Christ tonight? I've repented of my sins. I just saw it. I just saw it in the Scripture. This could be your missing piece. You know, Galatians chapter 1 and verse 6, and, 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 and here again, I don't want to go over this too quickly, but he said, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And so this gift of the Holy Ghost that's evidenced initially by speaking in other tongues is another piece to the puzzle of the plan of salvation. In Galatians chapter 1 and verse 6, Paul said that even in those days, way back then, he said, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be that some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. They would pervert it. But he goes on in verse 8 of Galatians 1, he said, but though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I now again. He's repeating himself. If any man preach any other gospel unto you than that which you have received, let him be accursed. The Acts 2.38 message is the full gospel of salvation. You know, it it is. 1 Corinthians 11.31, it says if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. Now, people might say, well, Pastor Bob, you know, my great-grandmother died, and she was not baptized in Jesus' name. She did not receive the gift of the Holy Ghost like you said. Is she going to heaven? Let me just tell you this. I cannot, when, when people are dead, I leave them in the hands of God. But, for, but dead people are not listening to this radio program right now. You are. And if you, have, if you are missing, you might be like a Christmas turkey. You know, or or Thanksgiving turkey, missing pieces. Do you remember those turkeys? You know, they were the cheap ones. They were missing pieces. Well, maybe you're like a Thanksgiving turkey today with your salvation. You're a good person. You've walked with God in sincerity, but you didn't realize that you needed to be immersed in the name of Jesus Christ and that there's a Holy Ghost that you can receive. 2 Corinthians 13.5 says, Examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. You know, for, I love First Timothy 4.16. This is one of my go-to scriptures. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Now, this word doctrine means the teaching of the Bible. Continue in them, 
For in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. And folks, I really believe that I'm going to see a lot of people saved because this promise is that I'm going to take heed to myself. I'm going to pay attention that I'm right. I'm going to keep paying attention that I'm preaching this doctrine right. I'm going to continue in them. And in doing this, I'm going to not only save myself, but those that hear me. Now, uh, here again, text me tonight, 701-290-7862. Hey, got somebody that, first-time listener, says they like my, um, my acoustic guitar playing. I'll play some more if I get time tonight. Now, I'm thankful that Jesus paid the price and gave me the knowledge how to be saved. As I've said many times on the radio, the grace of God is twofold. Number one, what Jesus did for us. And number two, that he has shown us what the missing pieces are. Both of those are the grace of God. He didn't just die for us, but he showed us how to be saved. See, part of what I'm doing tonight is is making the grace of God available to people that may be listening. We've been doing this radio broadcast for over 20 years now. And my goal tonight, you know, yes, yes, I'm thankful for you. You Pentecostals that are listening online, I'm thankful for you that I, I, I really am. But I want you to understand that my goal tonight, my goal every time I come into this studio is to reach somebody that's missing part of the plan of salvation. That's part of my goal. And, and I'm certainly trying to do that tonight. The grace of God is not only that Jesus died on the cross for us, not only that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, but number two, he has he is showing us what we must do to be saved. Now, let me just say, that could make a whole radio show right there. And this whole broadcast, I'm giving out my personal cell phone number. Pastor, I call myself Pastor Bob on the radio in church. They call me Pastor Simons. But my number is 701-290-7862. And if you want to know more about this Holy Ghost, that's the Bible talks about all over the New Testament, or you want to know more about being baptized in the name of Jesus, um, you can get a hold of me. You can come visit our church Wednesday night, 501 Elks Drive at 730, right on Interstate 94 here in Dickinson, North Dakota. You can't miss it. You know, Sunday mornings at 10. I teach a Bible class Sunday morning, uh, just a basic Bible class, 21 lessons. And you can come to that at 10 o'clock. Our worship service is at 11. At 10 o'clock, we also have Sunday school. So, and a great, great Sunday school for the children and for adults alike. But now, let me just say this about missing pieces. Oh, let me, let me, you know what? Let me practice one of my, one of my songs that I sing at the jail. All right. This, uh, at the jail, I bring a list of, and like I say, I haven't got to go to the jail for two years now because they shut us down from COVID, and I just got word that we're going to get to go back, and I am excited about that. This um, this is one of the songs I teach the guys at the jail. I think it's applicable to them. The first verse talks about trouble in our life, which they are in. second verse talks about the trouble that Jesus faced when he walked this earth as a man and was crucified. And, um, and it just talks about that we can walk with Jesus against the wind. 
problems on the rise. Troubles just increase. Responsibilities never cease. Fears and doubts assail. Worries from within. Sometimes life is just like walking against the wind. Against the wind. Against the wind. Sometimes like life is just like walking against the wind. When the storms around me blow, Jesus, please don't let me go. Take my hand and lead me on against the wind. Here's about Jesus now. Accusations met. Not a word you spoke. Love flowed from the heart that we broke. Innocent from birth. Pure without within. But you walked up Calvary's hill against the wind. Against the wind. Against the wind. Sometimes life is just like walking against the wind. On a dark and stormy day, you just gave your life away. You were lifted up before us against the wind. Against the wind, against the wind. Sometimes life is just like walking against the wind. When the storms around me blow, Jesus, please don't let me go. Take my hand and lead me on against the wind. Hmm, that's an old Dallas home song, Against the Wind. I'm just practicing my jail songs because Pastor Bob is excited to go to jail. <laughs> do not pass go. Do not collect $200. But they let me out. They, I go to jail. I, you know what? I have done so much jail ministry in my life. I've got so much time served already that I could probably go to jail and get back out right away. Thanks for listening tonight, 701-290-7862. Kind of neat. A uh, bunch of first-time visitors listening tonight. Good to have you guys on board uh, every 8.06 to 9.06 Mountain Time. I'm on the radio unless I am out of town and then I have somebody take the program. But uh, good to have you, and good to hear you texting. Uh, appreciate you texting me. Um, we've got uh, talking tonight about missing pieces. Don't miss any pieces in the plan of salvation. But Jesus died for more than just our salvation. Boy, people are trying to call in the studio tonight. Jesus died for more than just our salvation. Second Timothy 3.15 says, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. And so, so the scriptures can make us wise unto salvation, but it's for more than this. Let me continue, Second Timothy 3.16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. I want you to notice this. 
that God does not want to just save us and get us ready to go to heaven, but he wants to help us be perfect. Like, he doesn't want us to be missing any pieces. And he wants us to be thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Jesus died on the cross for more than our salvation. Isaiah 53, 5 says, But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace was upon him. So Jesus died on the cross for our sins, but then it goes on to say, And with his stripes we are healed. And so the whipping that Jesus took before he was killed purchased healing. There is more, and I'm now I'm, I'm just trying to help somebody here today, but when you come to God, he doesn't want you to go to heaven just crippled and barely make it. There is more to being whole than just being ready for heaven. First Thessalonians 5 and 23 said, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is looking to make us whole. And it's unfair for you to think that somebody else can make you whole besides God. Some people look for a spouse or a girlfriend or a boyfriend thinking they'll make me whole. That's unfair. My good friend, Brother Jones, I think you're the one that says this. Two half people don't make one whole person. People that just want to get married because they're lonely, that's not a good enough reason just to find somebody to get married. You know, I, Pastor Bob uh, has been involved in a lot of marriage struggles, not my own personal ones, but in other people's. And uh, I wished that people would just listen to what the Scripture says. I really do. I wish they would, but many times they don't. But let me just tell you this. If you think it's your spouse's fault that you're not whole, or it's your spouse's fault that you're not happy, that's not fair. You're missing something. You're missing pieces. No one has the power over me. No one has that power over me. My wholeness has nothing to do with you. My wholeness has everything to do with accessing the information that's in the Word of God and then applying it so that God's power can transform me. You see, this idea that somehow it's your wife's fault, your husband's fault, your pastor's fault, your dad's fault, your mom's fault, your brother's fault, your sister's fault, I'm not buying that. God's not buying that. If you're dysfunctional, you need there's something missing and God can help you find it. Jesus is into helping people become whole. I want to talk about physical wholeness, I want to talk about emotional wholeness. Now I already talk about spiritual wholeness. <clears throat> if you missed the program, I'm not here to tell you that that Jesus is just here to make your life on this earth better, but he's planned, he wants you to go to heaven. Acts 2.38, repent, be baptized in Jesus' name, receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. But there's a whole lot more to being whole than that. 
Jesus died on the cross also for our physical healing, physical wholeness. It's not God's will that we are sick all the time. Now, let me make some disclaimers. None of us are getting out of this world alive. Everybody dies of heart failure. Everybody. You get your head chopped off, you die of heart failure. Your heart quits, you're dead. You, you, everybody, that's, that's for sure. We're all dying. We're all going to, outside of the Lord coming back and taking away his church, when the game's over, it all goes back in the box. I mean, we're, we're going to die. So I know that I'm going to die from something. I understand that. But I'll tell you this, that God's people accept a lot of physical ailments that they live way below what God has given us because God has promised healing in his in the Bible. And just recently I've seen uh, and heard about remarkable healings. Now, let me hear, make another disclaimer. We've got to do our part. We've got to use common sense. My pastor, there were two single ladies coming to the church years ago, uh, and they, he told them that I'm going to quit praying for you. They were sick all the time, but they wouldn't buy winter boots. And they came to church in sandals, and they were sick all the time. And he said, until you get some winter boots, I'm not going to pray for you anymore. <laughs> That's one of the things I loved about my pastor. I think his middle name was Common Sense, David Walters. Um, spiritual Common Sense, really. But we've got to do our part. You know, we we got to, yeah, we've got to eat right. You know, I'm not talking about fads. You know, everybody's on these fad diets, you know. We all know, I mean, that we just need to eat less. If I eat those candied orange slices, I eat a bag of those every day, I'll be dead in a year. I heard about a guy that ate too much black licorice and died that day. His heart stopped. You know, we we know, I mean, this isn't a health program. You Tune into somebody else for that. But we to physical wellness has to do with eating right. It has to do with exercising. It has to do with sunshine. It has to do with our attitude. You know, take steps, move. Don't just sit there. You know, even if you're crippled up, get up and move around. You know, you know. I mean, uh, and and I'm not against doctors either. Good doctor, a good doctor can help people in some areas. But you got to be careful because, you know, sometimes <laughs> the cure is worse than the disease. But I'm not against a good doctor. Uh, and whoever thought that, I don't know where they came up with it. My daughter, when she was young, went to more doctors probably than most people will ever go to in their life. But in sinful activities, use your head. Sinful activities are, do not promote good health. You know, that's why the Word of God talks about drinking and drug usage and, and, and things like that. A sexual immorality causes health problems. Not only physical problems like syphilis or gonorrhea, but it causes mental problems. I'm convinced of that. I, I should write a book on it. But it, it the Bible, Paul said that people that commit, he, he said all sin he mentioned as this, but fornication, he said, is a sin against your own body. Sex outside of marriage between a man and a woman is bad for you. Not only is it a sin against God, but it's a sin against yourself. Do a program on any one of these. But also... Not just using our head, but faith in God it could be the missing piece. 
you know, just just here just this weekend or just this past week, I, I my brother-in-law, one of my brother-in-laws, had asked me to pray for a dear friend of his. And when he, I said, I will. And when I say that, I will. I can't pray for the whole world, but I put her on my prayer list. And when what that means is she'll get prayed for every single day, every day, without a miss. I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you that prayer list has been the greatest thing, one of the greatest things I've ever done for my walk with God. And I encourage people to do that. He just told me this past week that she went to the doctor and her incurable cancer is gone. Could it be that faith in God is the missing piece that you're missing? You're you're going to all these different doctors. You're all worried about your health, but you haven't really been praying. Or, Or let's say not even worried about your own health, but somebody else's health. You know, in in Acts chapter three and verse oh man, I'm going to run out of time. Acts chapter three and verse sixteen, this this lame man that was healed, if you know the story, when when Peter was was explaining it, he said, and his name, Jesus' name, through faith in his name, hath made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. A man that was born lame. He was crippled, and he was healed by calling the name of Jesus in faith over him. And later in the next chapter, when Peter and John were kind of arrested and had to explain what happened, they told these religious leaders, even by him, by Jesus, that this man stand here before you whole. We're getting back to that word whole. This puzzle of physical health, if you have common sense, good health, um, you know, just like I say, some of the things I mentioned, I'm not a doctor, but just eat right, exercise, so on, sleep, and faith in the name of Jesus, that's the complete picture of this puzzle. I've got a daughter who the doctor, who was a very good doctor, and I'm very thankful for Dr. Catrapo, who was a health pediatrician in Bismarck, very good doctor. He told me, he told my wife and I, your daughter will not live to be two years old. She had an incurable heart disease. The doctors tried everything they could, even, even an open heart surgery, to try to help her. But this disease was not something they could operate on. They called it cardiomyopathy. Um, Since that time, people tell me that outside of a heart transplant, which they didn't do back then, there's no cure for that. My daughter is now 42. She's not two. I'm a believer. I'm a believer. Matthew 9.21, a lady said, if I can just touch his garment, I shall be made whole. And she touched it, and Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith has made thee whole. And the woman was made whole, not in pieces missing. She was made whole from that very hour. God not only wants to save us, but he is our healer. 
And let me tell you this, God is also our emotional healer. Emotional wholeness is God's plan for his people. You know, as I said earlier, we come to God sometimes like a Thanksgiving turkey with pieces or parts missing. And it's okay to come to God that way. But it's not his will that we stay that way. Many people live way below what God has for them. The emotional peace, the emotional wholeness, the pieces that you might be missing to emotional wholeness could be holiness and righteousness. There is a direct correlation between holiness and righteousness and emotional health. When you start to do good and you start to be good, you'll start to feel good. And I can't make you feel good if you aren't good. How do I make somebody feel good about themselves that are making terrible decisions? You know, I tell this to the guys at the jail, and I can't wait to go back there and tell it to them again. This service at the jail is not about you feeling good. It's about you becoming good, and once you become good, you'll start to feel good. Now, if that, Brother Johnson, he's, he's texting me, that's common sense. That's common sense. You know, hey, nice to have Norman listening. Thank you for your nice comments there. You know, um, this church, this New Life Pentecostal Church here in Dickinson, North Dakota, is not about making you feel good. It's about it's about you becoming good. Not about you feeling good about yourself. Because once you're right with God, once you're living right, once you're making good decisions, once you're doing right, that's what righteousness means. Do do right. You start to feel good. You won't feel right until you do right. And let me just tell you this, who you hang around with will affect you. Emotional health, come to church. Get tied into a local church. If you live in Dickinson, North Dakota, or nearby, come to our church. Get tied in. If you've got to walk with God and you're not going to church, come to our church. Hanging around the right people is good for your emotional health. It's good for your spiritual health, even good for your physical health. Who you hang around with affects you. It does. You know, the Bible says in Hebrews 10.25, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together. You know, in Jude, I think in 19, it says there are people that separate themselves. They're sensual, not having the Spirit. You know, I, I, I um, during the COVID scare over this last two years, we didn't shut our church down. We kept having services. Why? Because I believe the Bible says to. Where two or three of you are gathered together in my name, how do you gather together if you can't be together? Jesus said he'd be with us. And I'm, you know, and maybe it sounds like I'm criticizing those that shut down. I, I'm not, I don't pastor this whole world. I just pastor the New Life Pentecostal Church in Dickinson. We didn't shut down. And the reason we didn't shut down, it's bad for people, their, their spiritual health, their emotional health, to not gather together in church. And I'd like to say at least twice a week. We have services on Sundays. 
We have services on Wednesdays. Uh, that we have, yeah, we have a few people that come. You know, they're the Sunday crowd. They don't come on Wednesdays. And I'm, you know, thank God for them. I love them. But you know, you know what? Uh, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. You know, this this uh, this is good for your. It, it, this promotes emotional wholeness. Now, let me tell you another thing that promotes emotional wholeness, and that's quit walking around full of bitterness and unforgiveness and selfishness. I'm going to just try to just blast through this, but bitterness and unforgiveness and selfishness will always be tied directly with emotional health. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a psychiatrist. But truly, I am a a I, I practice psychology because psychology is simply the study of human behavior. And so, yes, I am an amateur psychologist. And I will tell you that the people that I know that are emotionally unhealthy just about always have bitterness in their life, they're full of unforgiveness, or they're selfish. Just about always. I mean, some of the craziest people I've met in my life, I believe, some of them are dead now. I, I want to write a book about it, and I'm not an author. And I, I'd hate to use their stories because some of them aren't dead. But it will unhinge you emotionally if you hold grudges, if you won't forgive, if you're full of hatred and anger. It will kill you emotionally and physically. And Jesus came to make us whole, but he won't make you forgive anybody. Hebrews 12.15 says, looking diligently, I should do a radio program and everything, one of these topics I'm talking about tonight. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. This verse says bitterness will trouble you. Bitterness hurts you. And it will trouble people around you. It can ruin other people. It can ruin your family. Could it be that you're missing an emotional piece tonight? Could it be that your emotional wellness is tied into forgiveness and mercy to others and quit being so selfish? Ephesians 4.31 says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you and all malice, and be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Mercy, kindness, forgiveness, loving others is the way to stay emotionally healthy. Are you missing any of those pieces today? And are you wondering why you're so miserable? You know, let, let me just say this, too. Uh, you know, I said it earlier, but complete wholeness, tie into tie into a local church that preaches holiness in Acts 2.38. Get some spiritual leadership in your life. 
You know, I, I, I personally believe we need that. I, I, I really do. I, I believe that we, we all need spiritual leadership in our life. Even me. I'm a pastor, but I have men that I look to as leaders to me. You know, I, I think, um, I'd love to be your pastor if you live in Dickinson, but that, that'll be your choice. Even after you come to church doesn't mean I'm your pastor. Uh, I would say there are people that come to our church in Dickinson that I'm not their pastor. I love them. I'm glad they're there. I hope someday that I could be their pastor. Hope somebody can be their pastor. Because this is all part of our emotional health. Could it be any of these pieces missing? I have met people that have a love for God, but have never understood the value of having spiritual leadership in their lives. And they flounder. They make horrible decisions and mistakes. Nobody to bounce anything off of, I guess. Now, there's a responsibility. There's a responsibility to being made whole, isn't there? Being made whole emotionally means that you don't have an excuse anymore and to just lay there and not do what you're supposed to do. You know, it scares people that are dysfunctional that they can be healed of that. It scares them. And the reason it scares them is it takes a lot, you know, a lot of responsibility. Like, let's just say you are a crippled person and you can't work. And now you're healed. Now you have to get up to work every day. Maybe it's 20 below outside. Maybe you are emotionally scarred and you nobody expects much out of you you can't hardly run your own life but now the pieces are coming together you're learning forgiveness you're learning mercy you're learning love you're 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 learning in the power of god and he's restoring your mind and he's helping you guess what's next now you've got to be there helping somebody else that scares people it really does. Oh, there's there's something inside of all of us that wants to be lazy. You know, th- this this what I'm speaking tonight. Missing pieces. Whether you're a good person that just has never understood the plan of salvation, uh, like I say, maybe you've been a faithful member of another. Uh, teaching or church organization but you've never seen it or maybe you're an apostolic person that's been baptized in jesus name and received the holy ghost but your life is still missing something it's not it's not a person that you're missing it's it's not there is an emotional wholeness and a physical wholeness that can come through obedience to the scripture and faith in God. You know, the Apostle Paul was beaten. He was imprisoned. Uh, as I preached about today, I'm not preaching what I preached today. But he, in Second Timothy, he said, the time of my departure is at hand. I'm ready to be offered. The Apostle Paul, when he wrote that, must have certainly known that Nero had signed his death sentence. And he was just waiting in a Roman prison to be put to death. Whether would whichever diabolical, terrible way that Nero thought, you know, whether by being torn to beat, 
to bits by animals or thrown into the stadium or to be killed by gladiators. You know, I mean, they, they thought of all kinds of terrible things to do to people. And some were not as swift as those deaths. But the Apostle Paul was emotionally stable during that time. Why? Because there weren't any pieces missing. He had let God make him whole. And that's what he wants to do for you. Well, Pastor Bob is the pastor of the New Life Pentecostal Church in Dickinson, North Dakota. Our next service is Wednesday, 730. We have a missionary to Korea going to be with us. He'll be speaking in our service. Um, Also on Sunday mornings, 10 o'clock is Sunday school. That's for children and adults. And at 11 o'clock is our worship service. We have um, a service in Beach this Tuesday night at 730. That same missionary, Brother Sims, will be speaking at that. And then on Thursday, or excuse me, Wednesday, Wednesday. Now, I've heard that the Bowman Church moved to Wednesday night at 7.30, so they have their midweek service in Bowman at 7.30 on Wednesday nights and their Sunday morning service at 10.30 in Bowman. Right now our beach church is meeting at the Beach Community Center while they finish up the building that they're doing and only have a Tuesday service at 7.30. Uh, Thank you, Brother Johnson, texting me all kinds of nice things like he does. Um, Just appreciate you. If you want to text tonight in the last parts of this program, 701-290-290. Seven eight six two. We, um, you know, I, I, I want. I, re- I'm really serious. I don't know why I came into the studio tonight thinking that maybe somebody, somebody might want to hear about baptism in Jesus' name, and uh, maybe you are that someone, and maybe that's something you just never have done before. You know, I, I was. Um, you know, I've, I brought my guitar in the studio and I uh, wanted to sing a few songs, but I, I might sing a couple songs. The first one I did not write, the second one I did, but these are songs that I sing in my prison services, this one particularly. But what are you fighting against to let God give you this missing piece? You know, this is a song that was written by a Christian group called Third Day. And the first time I ever heard it, I started. I knew I was going to sing it in our jail ministry because certainly the song has something to do with drug addiction. But, but it, it's more than that. Like, what are you not surrendering to God? You know, I mentioned forgiveness. I mentioned holiness. I mentioned righteousness. I mentioned selfishness. I mean, what is it? Why do we fight against ourselves? Our own hurt, the Bible says. Why not surrender to God? Listen to the words of this song. It's a song I sing at the jail a lot, and I'm going to get to again. Here's starting. When the day began And you opened up your eyes No, you didn't recognize What you were seeing Then it all came back You remembered where you'd been No, it never seems to end And you're still running Will you ever change your mind? Almost out of time Better give up Gotta stop running It's the end of the line 
time to surrender. Hands up, turn it around, fall to the ground. Are you going to surrender? Now the day is done, and you want to close your eyes. And pretend that you are fine, but you'd be a lion. And you want it back. The life that you once had. Cause inside you know, you are slowly dying. Will you ever change your mind? Almost out of time. Better give up. Gotta stop running, it's the end of the line. Time to surrender. Hands up, turn it around, fall to the ground. Are you gonna surrender? Are you gonna surrender? Are you gonna surrender your will tonight to God? And are you gonna let Him do a work in your life? You know, He really, really does want to help. He really does. You know, I've written, oh, quite a few songs, I guess, and uh, never really recorded them professionally. I've got some grandsons that have a studio, and they want me to do it, and I should do it. Maybe someday I will do it. This little song, I remember where I was when I wrote it. I wrote it one evening. I was working. I own a siding and window business, and I was working in Hedinger, North Dakota, Stayed in a lonely motel, and I had my guitar with. And I wrote the words to this song, and wrote the song, and I, I sang it a couple times, and crumpled it up, threw it in the trash. And the next morning, just before I left for work, I unfolded it and took it with me. And uh, you know, I kind of like the song, but th- this song summarizes my whole radio show tonight. It's called "One Step at a Time." Is there a, is there something that you're missing? Is there is there one like Jesus asked the rich lady is there one thing that you lack the what he asked the young man is there one thing that you lack one thing thou lackest Listen to the words to this song There once was a young man who was far from his home he found himself feeding pigs he was reaping what he'd sown of his father's house and his love. He would sit and dream, but how to get back home? How hard that first step seemed. One step at a time. One small step that day. It started him on a journey to the place from where he'd come. One step, he heard his father say, "Welcome home, my son." But there was a rich young ruler who came to Jesus one day. He asked him, "Lord, what must I do? I'll do anything." You say, Jesus looked at him and said, "There's one more step you need to take." The rich man walked away. It was a step he couldn't seem to take. 
One step at a time. One small step, he walked away. Is there one thing today the Lord is asking you? Take that step, it'll be the best thing that you ever do. Could there be someone in this place? God's been leading by His grace. You've walked with Him a certain way, but you heard more truth today. What will you do, my friend, with the truth that He did send? Today it's one step more. Hurry before He closes the door. One step at a time. One small step today. Lord Jesus, I'm asking for everyone here to see that one step can lead them to you in eternity. One step at a time. One small step today, Lord Jesus, I'm asking for everyone here to see that one step can bring them to you in eternity. Well, normally I end this program by praying for our listening audience, but that song was my prayer. Take that step. It'll be the best thing that you ever do. God bless you. Thank you for listening. Uh, thank all of you. I'm honored that you would listen. And uh, this name of the program is the Tell It Like It Is radio show. The bumper song at the end, we're going to just play Tell It Like It Is. Tune in next Sunday night, 806 Mountain Time, for another program. God bless. That fable may make money to the fornicating Jimmy, but the message of salvation is the one that you should give me. Tell it like it is, tell it like it is. I do not want to go to hell, so tell it like it is. Tell it like it is, tell it like it is. I do not want to go to hell, so tell it like it is. I was saved when I ate the dough God host. But I've seen in the Bible that I need the Holy Ghost. They said that I could get it with a tap on the head. But first I've got to die so God can raise me from the dead. Tell it like it is. Tell it like it is. I do not want to go to hell, so tell it like it is. Tell it like it is. Tell it like it is. I do not want to go to hell, so tell it like it is. priest and the prophet have erred through strong drink. They are swallowed up of wine. They err in vision. They stumble in judgment. For all tables are full of vomit and filthiness, so that there is no place clean. me that I'm fine and should put away my fears. I bought that lie before it only cooped my ears. It's hypocrisy so thick that now I want to puke it. And I'm sorry, my friend, if that offends your hermeneutic. Tell
tell it like it is, tell it like it is. I do not want to go to hell, so tell it like it is, tell it like it is, tell it like it is. I do not want to go to hell, so tell it like it is, tell it like it is, tell it like it is. I do not want to go to hell, so tell it like it is, tell it like it is, tell it like it is. I do not want to go to hell, so tell it like it is. Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The preceding program was brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio.